you have to be intentional in your in your relationship. So it's it's not difficult to see that if somebody is really against you, it's not making your life easier, but it's making life harder. They don't have any place in in our life. I mean, if it's family, you have to you don't have any choice. But it's it's a friend that is supposed to be a friend. Is you know going against you? Well, I mean, uh, where's the pressure to to spend time with with him or her? Welcome to the Connected Leadership Podcast, hosted by Andy Lapata, the show where Andy and his guests explore the many ways in which relationships impact business decisions, make leaders' jobs easier, and help you to progress your career. Welcome to the Connected Leadership Podcast. I'm Andy Lapata. Uh, it's the first Monday of October, and as the first Monday of October, that means that I'm joined by one of my two regular guests and back from his long trek around southern Europe, I'm sure, for his holidays, uh, we have Luca Signoretti, who's joining me again. So Luca and I always have uh, a chat in advance of these recordings just to say, well, what are we going to talk about on this occasion? And Luca mentioned something to me that he'd observed uh, and that I'd noticed as well. And we thought that this could very well be a relevant topic for a lot of people who listen to the Connected Leadership podcast, either for you where you are now, where you might find yourself in the near future, or almost certainly for someone you know. And what we've both observed is that a number of people in our respective networks have used the last couple of years, the, 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 the time over the course of the pandemic, to just re revisit where they're at in their career, just rethink about whether it's where they want to be going forward. Maybe remote working has opened up new opportunities for them. Uh, maybe they've been furloughed in the UK, for example, where, pe- where the government was paying wages, and they've used that as an opportunity to try something new. And people are exploring changes, whether it's uh, a, a change of role, a change of uh, sector or career entirely, or maybe even leaving employment to do their own thing. So it's a time of crisis has driven a time of change. But of course, when you're looking at changes like that, it's not a simple decision. And it's really important that you're, you make the most of the network you've surrounded yourself with to explore the opportunities that are open to you, to help you see the blind spots, uh, the areas that you might miss, and make sure you, you make the right decision for the next path on your journey. So, Luca. Welcome back from your travels. I think I've teed that up for everyone. Um, You're the person who suggested this, uh, as it's obviously something you've seen a lot of. So what's really stood out for you over the last few months? Well, uh, on top of what you say that basically you have described most of the situation, I also would like to add another another kind of, uh, uh, let's say, uh, inputs that people have got in this period is that they saw a lot of other people around them to be kind of, you know, fired for, for, for the, the, the reason to, we all know. So once again, all the crisis, when we have a reduction in the, in the, in the number of people or in kind of restructuring of the company, uh, every, every time there is a kind of lot of layoffs, people start to realize that this kind of, uh, 
you know, loyalty to the to their company is really, really something maybe misplaced. Uh, so they, they still keep on asking themselves, should I really, you know, give them 100% of my time and my efforts and anyway, be, uh, you know, just, just uh, you know, put all my, my uh, future goals in this company when maybe the next uh, crisis they're going to fire me anyway because you know people are fired for very uh, good reason i mean there, there is nothing really mean about that it just happens because you have to reduce some part of the company that maybe are not more anymore uh, you know kind of uh, interesting or useful for the company so all these are on top of what you have said that this this kind of uh, thinking and having a lot of time to think about what you are really doing checking with other people etc has brought this kind of uh, as you say revisiting the, the uh, kind of goals in life so and uh, definitely definitely uh, I think uh, and the network and connection have a, a big role uh, to play in all this in the UK, we would make a clear distinction between being fired and being made redundant. So, so fired tends to be, you've done something wrong, you're Gosh. out of here. Sure. Uh, yes, uh, redundancy <laughs> is, I think, what you're referring to, because you talk about restructuring yeah. of organisations, downsizing. Often that can be a big opportunity for people. I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and he he was saying that he had... Um, he knew that he wanted to leave. He knew that time was right for a change. And he came in one day and he mentioned to a colleague, I, I'm going to quit today. And that colleague turned to him and said, whatever you do, don't resign today. Trust me. And that afternoon he was made redundant and he got a very good payoff. So he has a lot to thank that, that, uh, uh, that colleague for. So redundancy can be an opportunity for a lot of people. But it can be also a huge time of uncertainty. Uh, someone that I, I worked closely with, uh, you know, do work closely with, made a big change about three years ago. Uh, and the big change was moving from a sector which he knew inside out, which he'd been involved in for over 20 years, into a completely different sector. And, and I know for a fact that he found the first, probably the first year in that new sector incredibly difficult the transition wasn't easy so and we spent a lot of time talking about the options open to him because it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't a, a momentary decision of i've had enough of this sector i'm going to move to that sector it was the gradual recognition that time was right for a change then the agonizing over what that change would be and what he was qualified for before putting himself out there to find the right opportunities. And that opportunity turned out to be in, in another specific sector. He, he knew he wanted to leave the sector he was in. So that's, that's the period I want to focus on for this conversation. So let's start the, be the beginning of that. You, you're talking to someone who has started to recognise the need for a change. They're getting itchy feet. They're not, they're not happy at the end of the working day uh, at the moment. Or it may well be that their circumstances have changed. You've talked about they've been made redundant. Um, they're working more from home, and that's changed how they feel about their role, whatever it might be. When they start to recognize now's the time for a change, or at least start thinking about it, what's your advice in terms of how their network could support them and help them? 
Well, if it, I think they, every one of us has a kind of idea in our minds what we want to do, okay? We know we have some kind of passions, we have some kind of interest, and I think we should definitely start from there. Even if it's going to be vague, if, if we, we don't really, at the moment, we, at the beginning, we don't have this kind of incredible passion to say, I'm going to jump uh, off the, 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 you know, the, the, the cliff to, to, into the new uh, venture, but probably we have two or three ideas or areas, domains, uh, whatever kind of uh, thing you are talking about. And the, the, the suggestion will always be uh, try to find people that work in that area and start really a very simple conversation, try to understand what are the, what are they like, what are they like. So all the, the, the kind of uh, question you will ask somebody, uh, you know, kind of uh, to understand if, if to see if there is some kind of sparkle that that uh, are created at that moment when guys starts gonna say you are you know what I have to make a, a lot of negotiation and uh, I have to I don't know uh, find uh, the, the, the 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 right thing for a hundred people and you always love to do this because you have done it at home you have done it among your friends so you can start you know kind of seeing if there is a there is a kind of uh, uh, initial interesting for area. Uh, so let's talk about let's talk about that. Let's meet a lot of people in the area, limited to the initial one, and then maybe from there, they can start saying, you know what, my negotiation now is, is like marketing. Everybody does it. Negotiation doesn't mean anything. You should maybe uh, start, uh, you know, getting into negotiation or whatever right? between uh, this kind of level of uh, in this business, whatever it is. And this is another opportunity that opens up because you have talked with somebody. So it's really it's really kind of opening up your your mind, starting from some kind of interest or passion you might have. Yes, I think that interest or passion is key because people don't always know what they want to do. They just know they they want to do something different. And I think the most important thing, what you said there, is, is one of the things that I notice is people tend to jump this stage. And, and, and ignore the, the the fact finding, the research element. Understand what's out there, and go straight to turn to their network and say, "I want a new job. Can you can you look out for me?" Um, and, and there's so many things wrong with that, from uh, not actually understanding what you want yourself to not being able to be specific and make it easy for people to help you. And, and the stage that bridges that is the research stage. Understand when I. Uh, I, I was running a program as part of BBC CareerLink. So a few years ago, the BBC went through a big redundancy exercise, uh, both in terms of cutting numbers, but also people were being asked to relocate to Salford in, near Manchester. Not everyone wanted to do that. So they had a program called CareerLink where uh, people were given support to take redundancy, an outplacement program. And I ran networking sessions as part of that. And a lot of people who came on that program had specialist skills within uh, television or radio. And if you think that the biggest employer in TV and radio in this country was cutting size substantially, then that will tell you that the market for jobs that for them to go into was not exactly in their favor. So a lot of people were having to start to think about, well, what can I do next? So I came up with a very simple exercise because one of the things that I think is most important for that research phase is to, I talked to in the introduction about blind spots and recognizing blind spots. 
there are jobs out there that you are perfectly suited to. Uh, and I say jobs, it might be running your own business, but there are roles out there that you may be perfectly suited to that you have never, ever thought about. And so the exercise was this. What are you good at? So what is it you excel at doing in your role? What do you love doing? What do you enjoy most about your role? And what is the environment in which you want to work? So do you want to be on the road all the time? Do you want to be working from home? Do you want to be in an office populated with a lot of people? Uh, do you prefer a flat structure or a, a hierarchical structure and so forth? And once you've listed those, what you're good at, what your skills are, what your passions are, and the environment you're looking for, show it to people in your network without any preconception of whether you'd want to work in their industry and say, what, what roles in your world look like this? And suddenly you can open uh, a lot more doors. So I think that research uh, phase that you're talking about is so key. Yeah, absolutely. This this research has has is really important. And the I think the other part we have to keep into consideration is that we have to broaden our horizons and go out a little bit from our peer groups. Okay, because these people somehow apply on us as kind of uh, social pressure. So meaning that they want you to do what they are doing or what they expect you to do. And this is like another cage we have. So we, we risk to move from one uh, cage to another cage. And this is would really, really be uh, not ideal, especially when you are a little bit ahead in life and you don't, you know, you don't want really to, to make a, the, the wrong choice in the middle of your career. So, uh, and we have to, to also to accept the idea that people will criticize you at the very beginning if the change is big enough. Because, they, of course, they are, this is not in line what they're expecting. So they, they will tell you, why are you going this direction? You don't have any experience. You don't have any reason to be there, to be recognized as an expert. And, and the, the, you have to, to take it as really as a kind of a vitamin and say, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong because I know that I'm, I'm passionate about that. I can learn. I can experience. I can give a lot in this direction, and I will prove you wrong. So it's always a kind of courage. We have to take this, this decision more looking at what we like, of course, checking with people around us, but not really taking any, any kind of limitation by other people. I think that that opens a whole different quandary as well, and that is we spend so much of our time in getting people to understand how to how to position us, how to understand what we do, particularly if you're in a sales role. But I think even if you want people to think about you in your your leadership role, whatever it might be, we we have to be able to create to create a professional personal brand that means that people come to us or think about us when we most want them to. And then, of course, when you shift, when you pivot to something different, you've got to start from scratch all over again. I, I had this in 2019 when I, you know, I, I, I've worked hard to move away from being positioned under the word networking, which most people perceive as networking skills, uh, much more into professional relationships and everything that's involved with that. Now, I think I've done that fairly successfully, um, I know it's not 100%, but that's fine. Um, but, of course, that's another problem that you come up with. When, when, you're, when you've worked hard to, to build a reputation for one thing, 
how do you then create that shift in perception smoothly and positively among your network? I think that there is no uh, <laughs> right kind of uh, strategy. And I think the, the only way is to, to count on the fact that people they'll kind of are going to stand on you on your side forever. They're going to support you. People that are not really on your side, somehow they're going to criticize you and that's fine. But even more interesting that you're going to have, you're going to have new connection. You're going to have new friends. You're going to have new uh, uh, lives. You're going to have new partnership and this is going to make all the difference. So that's what happened to me when I, when I shift from one position to another, I also have shift my network and that's absolutely normal, isn't it? And I know that a lot of people are thinking, well, you are not really kind of expert in this area. I don't believe it because I, I saw you all, all, all your life in, a, in, a, in another domain. But there are new people that say, what you say is interesting. I think you bring value. I think you add something new to the, to the market. That's what I, I care about. Let me ask you this question then, and obviously it'll be a, a, an estimate you probably haven't even thought of up to this point, but what percentage of your network do you think moved across with you into the new role and is still with you? Well, I, I think that the majority of the network, it's simply because I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm also a kind of networking guy. So I, I try to apply what, what I, I used to, to share and I still teach to, to some uh, to some uh, students in a business school that you have to be uh, intentional in your, in your relationship. So it's, it's not difficult to see that if somebody is really against you, is not making your life easier, but is making life harder, they don't have any place in, in our life. I mean, if it's family, you have to, you don't have any choice. But it's, it's a friend that is supposed to be a friend, is uh, you know, going against you. Well, I mean, uh, where's the pressure to, to spend time with, with him or her? So uh, I, friends uh, and evolves, uh, network evolves with, 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 in, in, uh, with, the, with, with the time. N nothing really worry about that. And uh, I think we have definitely, when we change position in life and we change kind of job, necessarily we have to change part of our network. But I, I just wanted to draw out that it wasn't your whole network, but not everyone will move across with you. And that's no. fine. And I think what's happened more recently is that if you build a network through LinkedIn, I would hate to think people are going through their LinkedIn network. And I know some people will do this and remove the people that are involved in their previous role when they move, because you never know when you might be to help them or they may be to help you uh, or when the stars, the planets will align again. It's always good to, to, to use those as foundation stones to build deeper and deeper and stronger and stronger networks. Yeah, I, I, frankly, I don't uh, eliminate anyone in my, in my LinkedIn. That doesn't make any sense. What happens, of course, is that connection just died uh, or got called uh, by themselves for the reason that you don't share anymore some kind of values or or interest, so that, that's absolutely, again, it's absolutely natural. Uh, uh, but it's not, nothing mean about that, not, nothing intentionally, just that uh, as, you know, maybe a lot of people knows, we have a limited number of connections we can uh, keep uh, alive in, in, a, in a certain way. 
So it's, it's just a matter of that if one gets in, one get, must get out anyway. Yeah. So that, that's as, as easy as that. So let's, let's um, change our focus slightly uh, because one of the things that I've talked about, about a lot um, over, over the year of the Connected Leadership po Podcast and, of course, before that on other platforms and that you referenced in, in an earlier answer is the, the, uh, having a diverse network, not being caught in a bubble of people who... It, as you expressed it, see you in a certain way and are stuck in that way of thinking of people who see the world in the same way as you, therefore not bringing in new ideas. And you know, I touched on this this conversation about cognitive diversity quite a lot over the last year and, and beyond, before that as well, for years now. So do you think people run the risk of asking for help from a very small circle and not getting those new ideas, and how do they break out of that? Yeah, that, that's a very good point, Andy. I think this is the there, there. There are some consideration to be done here. First of all, it's much easier to you know ask people that you know are, are kind of close to you. So independently if they are diverse in the way they think about uh, life, uh, they are just closest to you, the closest one, and the closest one by definition are are the one that are. are more similar to us, isn't it? That, that's that's yeah. uh, we know that. So the point is uh, definitely that the risk is that okay, I'm gonna ask the, the few for friends, uh, our close friends, and, and maybe some member of the family, and uh, and that's it. And certainly they are the first to say, I don't understand this move because you have done this for all your life. So in a certain way, uh, you know, the, these are the. the not, not, not really the worst, but anyway, it's not the ideal kind of people we should talk. That's why we should get back to the idea of if we start from some kind of interest or passion, and we should look for people that work in the area, even if they are not close to us. So again, maybe use our close friends, our close network to find somebody who works in that area. But definitely, definitely we have to um, take the risk to, 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 uh, to meet people that maybe are going to be negative because they don't trust us. They don't uh, appreciate us. So it's tougher and uh, definitely tougher. But, you know, better being uh, in a tough situation at the beginning while you're doing the choice than after you have done your choice to find yourself in a very bad situation. I completely agree. I, I think that rather than necessarily say negative, I think the word I would use is blunt honest yep. with us uh we i interviewed Zena everett in a podcast uh episode last month and one of the things Zena talked about when we talked about the impact that professional relationships have had on her career in in the thursday episode was the people that um told her um quite frankly to stop doing things and we had a conversation about when you can be honest with your feedback to people. Um, I think the temptation when we're seeking feedback is to seek validation, to seek yep. people who are going to agree with us, make us feel good about ourselves, uh, leave us, if you know, if you don't mind a cliche, in our comfort zone. But yep. we need people Absolutely. who are going to shake things up uh, and um, and really challenge us. So people who have never really understood what we've, we, we do, people who um, don't necessarily, as you say, value what we do, being able to turn around to them and say, I'm thinking of changing it, you're going to get a different answer. And I think that's a really, really powerful and important observation. So then we have to think about 
are there certain uh, people that we shouldn't be having this conversation with? I know some people would be uncomfortable about having it with family. Others might be uncomfortable having it with colleagues for obvious reasons. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Luca? Well, uh, uh, frankly, I, I think that we have to, to try to, to, to listen to multiple people. So maybe this time the number is important. Sometimes you say oh, the quantity is not important, quality is more important. But uh, since we are kind of opening up a little bit, and um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really say this, this person is not interesting. Of course, of course, if you know 100% that the, the, the person is you know, kind of one-dimensional, you say if there's a marketer from the beginning to the end, it doesn't really understand anything about that because it's, it's not in his mind or her mind. Well, you should know that and at least, you know, kind of, uh, uh, kind of ask the, the question that could eventually open up other, other opportunities. Meaning, I don't know, in the marketing, there's anything new in nobody that I can use my skills to move, but a different way of, of working in this area, whatever. Okay. But really, uh, I would try to, be very very uh you know wide in terms of a contact and not not to say this this guy is not interesting but certainly say i'm not going to limit myself to the to the obvious one okay to the, the one that, that they already know me because of course this is gonna gonna bring a lot of uh, and what we, we do we, we select people in, on the base of what we want to hear that that's what you are saying isn't it this is the kind of confirmation bias so we are, and this is again, is our brain. Eh? We, we have to to fight our brain all the time because this we really even don't recognize this. But they say you feel more comfortable to speak with that person. And the reason is that probably this person is gonna tell you what you are you want to be to hear. So uh, really, uh, this is where the intentionality and the awareness of the the situation really gets in, and we have to be very very aware of the bias. And what about where you're uncertain? Uh, you're, you're very much at the early stages of having itchy feet. You don't want word getting out that you're looking elsewhere, but you need some input from people within your own space. How would you manage that effectively? You mean in terms of collecting information about new opportunities? Having the conversations, um, but being confident that, that it's confidential. Well, uh, yeah, and by, in, in this case, of course, I, I would exclude every, every, almost everyone in my in my company by definition. And uh, th this is a risk you don't want to take until uh, the moment you have taken the, the right decision. So, looking outside, if your network is probably is not made of only of colleagues in your workplace, and start with with the the outside your workplace, and then eventually, uh, you know, at the end. You, you might want to, uh, if there are one or two really interesting people, you want to get in touch with them. I think this is also where a good mentor in your industry comes in, someone that you've built up a trusted, open relationship over a period of time who's not directly, um, uh, who doesn't have a conflict of interest, probably the best way of putting it. Then, then you can feel more safe of having someone who, who knows the playing field but isn't going to let all the other players know. 
Yeah, no, definitely the, the mentor is, 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 a, is, a, is a great advantage. The, the point is that few people have a mentor. I'm, I'm discovering more and more. So it, it, we talk a lot, a lot about mentorship, but uh, we talk about inside, in, sorry, inside the companies, and this is kind of not the real mentoring we, are, we have in mind, isn't it? Uh, and, but there are really few people have good mentors. So I know you're one of the lucky ones. Well, I'm hoping that regular uh, listeners to the Connected Leadership Podcast would have been inspired by our, by our conversations on mentoring over the last year and that will have gone out and, and found themselves a mentor if they didn't have one before. And if they haven't yet, hopefully this conversation will get them thinking about it again. And, and what, I, what I would suggest on that, by the way, is if you haven't heard it, if you go back to the very beginning, uh, so if you go to podfollow.com, forward slash connected leadership or if you just you know you're listening to it on uh, a podcast channel at the moment go back to the very beginning the early episodes and, and one of our earliest episodes was focused specifically on mentoring relationships and is well worth uh, a catch up we hope that you're taking away some valuable lessons from this edition of the connected leadership podcast if you would like support in developing, nurturing, and leveraging strong relationships to support you in your role, please visit andylapata.com forward slash mentoring. One of the things that I always share when I'm talking about mentoring and, and, and taking advice from other people, and it's something that I dedicate quite a lot of time to in, in Just Ask, is that ultimately whatever other people say, uh, and, and as we've talked about, it's important that you get people to challenge you and challenge your preconceptions. Ultimately, the final decision is yours. And it's got to be one that you're going to be comfortable with. Now, the very nature of transition means that the comfort zone is the one we know that we're familiar with. Even if we're we're not enjoying our work anymore, even if we're not getting the same pleasure that we used to, it's it's still a comfort zone unless you're having a really torrid time there. And it's easier to stick with what we know a little bit longer in the hope it will get better rather than take a leap elsewhere. So how do you make that decision and find out what you're comfortable with? That If you have ideas that intrigue you but make you uncomfortable, how would you suggest people weigh up the different options open to them and make a decision that's really going to stretch them, but which ultimately they're going to be okay with, they're going to be happy with. Yeah, I, th I think a good passage is to sit down for a moment and go through definition of your values, okay? I think a lot of people just skip this part. For, for me, this is the logic path in, in deciding the next uh, career path or in general, whatever you want to go in life. So goal setting. It's really starting from the goal, uh, the, the values, sorry. You know, I, I use a list of values like, like, uh, like a laundry list. And I just say people, what are the, 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 this among these values, the, the one that really resonate with you more? So they start with maybe with 15 and then we go down to five, six, whatever, seven. Okay. So I have my list of uh, values here and every morning I go through them, I check them and I, I check if I'm really uh, following them or not. But why is it important? Because whatever you come up in terms of information. So the next step is to 
as, as we have some kind of interest and passion to talk with people and get as much information as possible. And this process, uh, along with the uh, uh, clarity about values, is going to work as a kind of uh, screening out, you know, the, the bad options. So, again, let's make an example. If if you like the idea to be a consultant, okay, but at the same time, one of your value is family and, and time spent with family. Well, the two things are not really coherent. They are not possible. They cannot possibly uh, live at the same time. So, you know, consulting means a lot of uh, working uh, the weekend, uh, late, etc. So values should be a great, great starting point to say, okay, all the options I have, uh, some are not coherent with them. So it's stupid because I know that sooner or later I'm going to crash against my values and not going to be satisfied. I'm going to completely be unhappy. So uh, put together the values definition and talking a lot with people. They are already in the uh, you know kind of division, uh, uh, industry, whatever role you want to eventually uh, be interested in. And the, the two things should uh, get to a kind of short list. And then from then on, we go. What the, the only thing to do is to talk with more people. Okay, I'm not talking about hundreds of people. I'm talking about tens of people. Okay, and. At certain points, we have to listen ourselves. I really believe that uh, we should listen much more to ourselves. It's kind of feeling. A feeling is nothing else than the way our subconscious communicate with us. And so we should listen to our feelings because it's a kind of uh, the outcome of a process that really is question a lot of things we, we really uh, have inside. So we should think, uh, really listen to this more and more. And if we have this kind of feeling at certain point that this is uh, the right things to do, that's the moment that we really, you, you know, just go with all your energy and go for it, one hundred percent. I really like that. I, I think it's it's um, it's an answer I haven't heard before to that question. I've heard a lot of people talk about values. I've been co on courses around values, but tying the two things together, of course, um, if you know your values then you know what the right step for you going forward is. So I think that's that's a great observation. So the final thing I want to look at, uh, and look, this is this is a rich theme of, of conversation, and there's so much more we could cover. I think there's the next steps about once you know what you want to do, how do you, does your network help you find the new role and so forth? But that's that's another topic. But let's say you've now got that new role, and it's back to the scenario that I mentioned uh, much earlier on. You, you've got that new role. You're, um, you're, you're starting to settle in, but the transition isn't easy. How can your network help you transition into a completely different world? I always stress this is one of the major advantages of network, of the, of the good network, well, well built. Okay? Because at that point, if you really have done a minimum of thinking about the composition of your network, you will have people that probably, probably, Okay, I have already done what you're doing now. What, what, I, what I mean is that we always think, and we have discussed that already, uh, and is to have part of your network that is one step ahead of you. Okay, because they have to provide you not only kind of uh, support and help, but also a very important thing is a role modeling. So you can see what does it mean to be in your, you, anyone in your next step. Okay, so if you already have this kind of uh, uh, next step people in your network, now you know that you can call them 
maybe already before you have seen what, what they have done, how they deal with problems, whatever. And so you're going to, you're going to even more ready than, than and somebody else doesn't have this kind of people. But if you, uh, if you have any kind of challenge, well, you can always refer to, to them and, and ask them for some kind of support. Uh, I think that's great. The, the idea of always having part of your network one step ahead of you uh, is absolutely key. You need a network that's going to drag you to the next level, as well as you being part of someone else's network where you drag them to the next level. And always having people who have been there, they may not have been there in the same role, they may not have been there in the same sector, but they've made that transition from one thing to another before and can share their experiences is going to be an absolute lifesaver for you. Luca, thank you so much. Once again, uh, thank you. great insights. So thank you as well for listening to the Connected Leadership Podcast. I hope you found that useful. If you do know people who are in that itchy feet position at the moment, then please do send them a link to, to listen to this and hopefully it will be of help to them. Uh, we will be back again next week with more great episodes. In the meantime, check out the back catalogue. You've got over a year's worth of great interviews to catch up on. Make sure you subscribe. Please rate and review where you can. And I'll see you again shortly on the Connected Leadership Podcast. <laughs>